Welcome back to Podcast 88 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers and follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is brought to you by this season. For the best contests in all of sports, please visit theszn.com slash OB. Play for thousands of dollars with thousands of people across the world. If you'd like to support The Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theozbreakers.com. Click shop. And become a member, pick any for winning cappers to get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. If nothing else, nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. Woo, my friends, crazy weekend, long weekend, uh, profitable weekend. I had a good Saturday, uh, made up for last Saturday for the most part, uh, up 10 units in college, five in UFC. Thank God for some massive uh, plus money uh, specialty plays. So was really happy about that. Some of the props, but either way, it was a good Saturday. And then a decent Sunday up a few units in the NFL could have been better, but when you're up in the NFL, you got to be happy. <laughs> it's been tough to beat this year. And uh, you know, this, this last week, uh, last few weeks have been good, but either way, we had a huge weekend of college football. Our Badgers came through in overtime, giving Nebraska betters, including the wonderful Tony George from our show last week, a bad beat. And just a tough situation for Nebraska because Wisconsin, they deferred and Wisconsin got the ball first, punched in the end zone, and then Purdy, the third string backup, just could not put it in Brock's brother. And he actually looks like he has some promise. Definitely not this year, but next year, maybe he gets a little bit better and gels with that offense a little bit over with uh, Coach Rule. So uh, if you're a Nebraska fan, I wouldn't be too bummed out. Uh, Also, you did such a great job in stopping the run. You held Allen to like 60-some yards. But another thing in college football, there's really no massive upsets other than Florida State's injury, which we'll get into that a little bit later, but man, really tough for Jordan Travis and uh, the semis because this team was poised to win a national championship, and uh, now it is all possibly going down the drain. Other than that, everybody kind of came through to cause chaos in the college football playoffs. And that's what I'm rooting for because I always hated the four-team system. I truly believe that the committee has been dodging a lot of situations. Thank goodness uh, that you know some of the top three or four teams were certainly better than the fifth or sixth team over the last few years. But in the past, I thought differently. And definitely this year, you're going to have most likely an undefeated Washington team versus a one-loss Oregon team. You're going to have Michigan or Ohio State with one loss for the whole year and not playing in the Big Ten championship game. That's going to be like, hey, we're we're the top team all year. So, we fought, so what if we lost to our rival, right? 
you know, one hiccup and you're, we're not a top four team. And then you're going to have Florida State, who hopefully will still take care of business coming up this weekend and at their championship game. And then you're going to have the SEC, where Alabama very much could upset Georgia. So that kind of chaos, you are going to screw someone deserving over because you don't really know who's better, you know? Actually, many times, teams were left out that were ranked higher than the power ratings than the teams they let in the playoffs. That's happened with Bama in the past. They got left out one year where they were high in people's power ratings. You know, it's happened to plenty of teams. But power ratings don't do it because it's always most deserving according to the committee. And the committee literally doesn't know what they're doing half the time. So, unfortunately, there's going to be a really good team or two that's left out that shouldn't. And even if that's so, you still have Liberty there that wouldn't even come close to beating the top four or five teams, yet they're going to be undefeated, you know, coming in to their bowl game. Remember when UCF was undefeated and they beat number five Auburn? <laughs> you know, I mean, what excuse for that th- that year? There was none. It was embarrassing. But thank goodness that this is the last year that we have to put up with this uh, politics and uh, propaganda type systems. Guys have guys from ESPN saying Oregon State is an average team. You know, there's absolutely no power rating in the world that's worth a damn that doesn't have Oregon State as a top 15 team out of 133 teams. I mean, this is the kind of crap you've had to deal with due to the politics involved. Having more playoff teams hopefully will improve some of that. And I'm very excited for that starting in 2024 for the 2024-2025 college football season. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. All right. There is plenty to go around here, starting always with the good. Uh, Mississippi State's front door cover. (laughs) You know, this was... They were dead in the water, almost tied coming into the fourth quarter, and they end up winning by 21 points. The spread went all the way from 14 to 18 in their coach-fired spot. I couldn't get to the table with it, but I'm glad I did not have to sweat that out. You know, it was a, a spot where I'd only bet them, but they got quite expensive, and thank goodness Southern Miss lost their quarterback that game because that might not have been a cover. Another good, Louisville. Louisville has been just taking care of business everywhere they've gone, minus that one hiccup that they had against Pittsburgh. This is a very good team. Huge credit to Jeff Brown going to Miami and winning. That is a tough environment that uh, Louisville just went through last weekend, and this team is just damn good. Uh, Number three, we have chaos in the CFB. Like I said, I lost a bet because Washington beat Oregon State, and I'll get into that in a little bit in the bad. But man, I love the chaos. I love all the talk about the chaos as well. Next, Oklahoma State coming back against Houston. Man, that would have been really dicey for my uh, 40 to 1 ticket. Probably went to cast. Well, it's not going to necessarily cast. They're not probably not going to beat Texas, but I can sure heck make money off that thing coming into the Big 12 championship game. So, uh, hopefully they take care of business against BYU this week and represent 
the championship game. But there's been times that teams that don't deserve it tend to blow it in the final game of the season. So that's good. Uh, Clemson's defense. So they've really stepped it up lately. They held North Carolina and Drake May to 20 points last week. So massive props to Clemson's D. Um, Doc Dabble kind of lost the team for a little bit a few weeks back, but apparently he's cleaned things up over there in uh, Clemson. Missouri's comeback. <laughs> Man, they were down too, and they came back at the last minute of the game to beat Florida. That was a tough situation for Missouri. And they just kind of finally had their flat spot. Probably thought it was just kind of a gimme. And uh, yeah, there you go. They almost dropped an ugly one to Florida. Uh, another good Texas, they won in the spot that everyone was fading them. I mean, that line, I think, had the look ahead already uh, baked into the seven and a half. I think they should have been more like 10 point favorites against Iowa State and that's exactly what they won by 10 points I was like man it's a, it's a great handicap for the people that did bet Iowa State there's a lot of trends a lot of points a lot of situations with the Iowa State that they would cover these spreads and uh, there you go Texas just beating everybody and uh, that was a, probably a tough loss for a lot of sports bettors out there and then finally the Browns beating the freaking Steelers the team that gets constantly outgained finally dropped a game that they're supposed to lose. That that, that got really dicey during the game, too, because Dor Dorian Thompson-Robinson didn't look all that great himself, and he kind of looked like he wanted to lose that game. Now for the bad. Colorado, man. What happened to the Buffs this year? They started out so good, but now it's kind of a zoo over there of media, and Dion's probably feeling a little bit... Uh, with his tail between his legs, right? A, a little bit of a shot in the gut, you know, kind of one of those situations where the wind is completely taken out of his sails. And uh, I still like Dion, and I still think he's a great hire, but, man, this team sure faded out of the media quite fast. Uh, another bad Penn State covering. Penn State, you're, after losing the way you did to Michigan and Ohio State, you, you don't deserve to cover another game, you know? Don't, quit covering. You know, because you're not that team. You're the team that loses against good competition and you beat up the bad. That's unfair to us sports bettors right there. Uh, <laughs> next, the refs in the Air Force game. Holy crap, were they bad. I tweeted some videos out of them making terrible call after terrible call. You could have swore that they wanted Air Force. to. They did everything they could let Air Force in that game. I, I, it blew my mind. You know, one of those weird situations, but UNLV still won, but it came all the way to the end where they had to stop Air Force from scoring a touchdown with their backup quarterback. Another bad, Texas State's defense allowing 77 points to Arkansas State. What the hell was that? You know, that was bad. Jesus. Um... Texas, or, or James Madison losing. Oh, man, they're so close to an undefeated season, but they lost their best pass rusher a week or two ago, and that really affected them against a good passing team like Appalachian State. They couldn't move the ball. App State's defense certainly got a hell of a lot better. So 
Um, that was bad for James Madison losing. I wanted a little bit more chaos here coming towards the end of the uh, college football season, but they had to drop. At least Liberty is still undefeated. Another bad, the Oregon State handicap play that I gave out. At least Utah, uh, UNLV covered on the other play, but man, DJ Uyunglele just looked bad. He's kind of one of those situations where he can beat up on bad teams and he just chokes against the good ones. I mean, multiple opportunities. He's had wide open uh, players to throw to, just missing by a ton. Washington tried to give up that game to uh, Oregon State and just didn't. I, I, I'll i tell you, I, I was having such a good college day. I was looking for a three to buy back on Washington, but I just couldn't find a three and didn't want to justify paying minus 125 for a three uh, for Washington to buy back on it. And, uh, yep, the Washington ended up winning just by like two points too. A real ugly game. The weather affected Washington. The weather should have been pro-Oregon State, but there's some bad play calls as well as um, just DJ Uyunglele not even being average to win that to try to win that game. Uh, another bad is Nebraska's bad beat in collapse. Uh, you go up 14 nothing and then you don't score the whole rest of the game, really. And the spread is goes all the way up to seven. I mean, God, if you bet seven, you pushed. But gee, Jesus, if you bet seven on Wisconsin, you push that game. You probably didn't deserve it. I bet four and a half on Wisconsin, and I didn't deserve it, right? Just a bad beat for uh, Nebraska betters. And uh, I, I could not believe just how they just choke these games away. It's just amazing. It, it, they were better off for the Nebraska better. And Tony George was telling me, man, I'd be completely fine if they don't get this field goal here. Well, they ended up getting the field goal and pushing overtime. And you know what happens then. It was just uh, bad for uh, that situation. Next is the fact that Iowa is representing the Big Ten West. And it and you know what? None of, none of them deserve it. Iowa is the best team in the Big Ten West. But, man, it's all based on defense and their punter. You know, I mean, seriously, you have to deal with that. There's some bad calls in that Iowa game, too. But, man, I, this is just going to be such an ugly Big Ten championship game. It's going to be despicable. I don't even I, – I I'm going to feel bad watching it. You're probably going to have to change it at halftime how bad the Big Ten West is. They, they better figure things out and look better next year. Uh, next is the Dolphins. Man, I had nine and a half I laid on freaking Sunday morning. They don't cover that. Goes all the way up to 14. What a bunch of line value through the two key numbers. 10 and up to 14. 13 is somewhat key. I mean, comes up enough, you know. 23 to 10. Jesus, Dolphins. You know, throw me a freaking bone here. But uh, you got to give some credit to the Raiders. They played tough, but it was just uh, interceptions and fumbles and missed field goals. Uh, next, the Bills' secondary injuries. Man, they lost some more guys on the Bills. And I don't their their defense is just going to be a couple first string guys and a lot of second third stringers man i certainly would not trust the bills uh any games going forward against any decent competition and now for the ugly i mean starting from the thursday night game joe burrow's injury 
How ugly was that? People had some nice line value on Joe Burrow for MVP. And then his hand got hurt and his wrist got hurt in practice because that whole compression bullshit on his arm is absolute horse crap. You know, you don't just wear that on a plane unless you're actually hurt and trying to mitigate something, some swelling. You got hurt in practice. Now, was it as bad? Not after, not after you fell on it. When you fell on it, it got real bad. But it was, it was injured, and the potential for a bad injury, like the torn ligament in his wrist, was certainly there because of the injury. They play him anyway. Falls on it, just normal. He fell hard, but hit the ground, ripped it because it was already probably partially ripped or something or sprained or whatever you want to call it. That was bad, and the dishonesty of the NFL was completely freaking bad as well. Come on, Bengals. Come on, don't bullshit me. Next, the Buffalo fumble on their goal line. (laughs) Holy crap, man. Don't fumble there. Oh, and I'm talking about the Buffalo Bulls. I mean, they go all the way to score. A guy reaches out, which he doesn't have to. They knock the ball right before the goal. And then it goes to the end zone. And then the guy that picks it up to score the touchdown on the same team on the Bulls has his foot out of bounds. So it ends up being a safety for the other team. What a terrible beat for Buffalo Bulls betters. And that's just how the Mac is, you know. The Mac is just absolutely impossible to bet in some situations but i mean what are the chances two bad beats in one play uh big 10 basketball jesus that ugly so far this year you have indiana who just lost a pretty bad game by 20 right they lose by freaking 20 points to uconn now it is the champion last year but you're supposed to be indiana right And then, not just that, you have Illinois losing at home to Marquette by seven points. That's ugly. You have Rutgers that lost their first game to Princeton. You know, how bad is that? You have Wisconsin losing at home to Tennessee by 10, and then Providence by 13 points away. What? These are like preseason top 20 teams Uh, on Ken Palm Wisconsin was 20th. And then Michigan State, the fourth team, they have two losses this year. James Madison and Duke. The only team that looks half-assed is Purdue. And and I guess they look really good, let's just say, not half-assed. But, geez, remember what they did in the first round of the NCAA tournament last year. Unreal. Big Ten basketball looking bad so far. Uh, hopefully they can maybe win one of these tournaments coming up this week. Then you have Fresno State losing to New Mexico, and I guess Mikey Keene didn't play, but you lost to New Mexico, one of the worst teams in college football, FBS, not even just the worst team in the Mountain West, one of the worst in the FBS you lose to. You lost your chance of representing now for the uh, Mountain West tournament. Now, it's going to be UNLV or San Jose State coming up this week. What a disgusting loss. Man, Sean Kanaki live bet New Mexico at plus four, and <laughs> he crushed that one. Uh, the commies, 
Back to the NFL, the Commodores, the Commanders, losing to the Giants as a double-digit favorite during the week, and then it was eight or nine points. I had a six-and-a-half-point teaser from nine to two-and-a-half with the Lions. I went uh, probably two for three on teasers. What happened? We'll see what happens tonight with the Eagles. I have 10 points on them, plus to, uh, to plus 12-and-a-half. But, man. Six to zero turnovers. What the hell are you doing, commies? Losing to a bad team like the Giants. Well, it's just one of those rules. When a bad team plays a bad team, <laughs> you take the points. And I'm glad I, I, I considered uh, the commies in my big survivor. I switched it to Buffalo at, before the game. Another bad was Will Levis and the whole Tennessee Titans. You know, I don't even know what to do with this team either. They're 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 now a bad team in my ratings. They they they're they're downgraded to below average all the way to bad. I thought this was a great spot where they can play the Jags tough like they always have in the past. Absolutely shit the bed. That was a contrarian play and uh did not come through for me last week. Another ugly, the Jets offense, man. And Zach Smith. But here's the thing. It is not his fault and it's really not completely everybody's fault he got drafted too high that was the Jets fault but the biggest fault is their offensive line was never fixed that was the only thing they kind of ignored in the offseason and it shows you know it doesn't matter who you put back there they're gonna get killed it'll hurt Aaron Rodgers legacy if he decides to come back this year He's got this big ego that he wants to come back from an injury, show he's freaking Superman, and he'll probably try to do that, but it's not going to be helpful for him because he's going to get absolutely crushed himself. That Jets offensive line is absolutely horrible. And uh, unless they're playing a bad team, I do not want to be backing this quarterback-less team. And it, it sounds like they're going to go with, what, Boyle? I I, I just, that's worse. <laughs> Man. And why did I say Zach Smith? I meant Zach Wilson. Don't don't I want I want uh, completely go to somebody else. You ain't winning again this year anyway. You ain't winning nothing this year. Just keep it the way it is. Uh, the Bears choke. They had over a ninety eight percent probability of freaking winning against the Lions with that four minutes left. And what does Eber lose do? And that's his name. I haven't called him Eberflus much. Over the past over a year, it's been Eber lose because that's what he does. When the Bears put themselves finally, they play out of their minds and they can win the game. Eber lose comes in and makes sure that they fulfill their destiny of losing, and that's what he did last week. You know, he doesn't really instill confidence to how to finish these games with these players. You know, third and seven, you're up by nine in Detroit territory. And yet you run the ball with over four minutes left and they have all their timeouts, setting up a field goal going from nine to 12. I mean, your defense is so bad. That's just one extra freaking pass play from going from a field goal to a touchdown for Detroit. You know, they have all their timeouts. And and you go from nine to 12. It's like, oh, well, I want to force them to, you know, have to score two touchdowns instead of a touchdown and a field goal to be what? When you're that bad. That's what you do. And you have Justin Fields there, the guy that's supposed to be your man, your top draft pick, and that's the cowardly shit that you do. What a terrible coaching job. You know, 
let Justin Fields try to get a freaking first down. You know, that, that way you can cut him next year if he throws a pick. But instead, you put him in that terrible situation. You know the Lions are going to stop you. They stopped him the next drive after they scored the touchdown. Not only did they score the touchdown, they get the safety at the end that almost was a touchdown because of the field's fumble. You don't double-team their best player on defense in Aiden Hutchinson. Unreal. Unexplainable. There's a lot of coaching mistakes that happen. I don't know why Shanahan, my bad beat on the under. I had I had over 41 and a half for the uh, Commanders uh, Niners game. It became 41 at the first seconds of the fourth quarter. There's over 14 minutes and 30 seconds left. And of course, Tampa's going to be trying for touchdowns, right? Because they're down 13. I don't know why Shanahan doesn't go up 14 because same situation. It's not like 12 or, or 13 matter in that situation. You go for, you try to make it two scores, but he did it. And so I'm sitting here at 41. Thank God I bought under 44 and a half live at some point i mitigated some of the loss but not not that much and they couldn't even score another point and it wasn't even baker mayfield's fault Cade otten was dropping passes evans dropped one evans is a great player the way by the way he helped them get them back down the field but just couldn't make it happen and the niners just uh you know couldn't get a field goal the whole rest of the half so that was rough on me too um Next, the Jordan Travis injury was extra ugly because it was against an opponent that doesn't even belong playing an FBS team in North Alabama. You know, I mean, what a way to lose your star by playing him against North Alabama. I guess the way they thought is like they'll, they're going to play him for a little while and pull him at halftime. Well, he got the injury and tore his knee up or whatever. Before half, it was the end of the first quarter. And now you're undefeated here coming into the final game against Florida and you lose your star player because you played North Alabama. You know, the irony is that this game is supposed to be one of those rest games before you play a rival. You know how they put the little one in between the two big games? And that's how it happens? What a terrible way to go down for... Florida State Seminoles fans, man, and for the team. You know, their backup quarterback did well, but it was against a terrible team. So how do you know? You know, that's just rough for Florida State uh, alumni and fans. I feel for you there. And then finally, the worst ugly of the weekend definitely was Auburn losing to New Mexico State. I mean, as a 26-point favorite, but what's I didn't think Paiva, I wasn't sure Paiva was going to play. I had them as a maybe to bet. It went all the way up to 26. And now I sprinkle the money line when that happens. What's that, 26, 2,700? 27 to 1 or something, 28 to 1? And I forget to bet it. Well, I was waiting for a Paiva. I, I figured he was playing, but I wasn't sure. And they freaking beat Auburn outright. After Auburn just whooped Ole Miss last week with super sandwich spot for Auburn. But man, I would have instead of going eight four and one, I would have went nine four and one in college football. But man, I mean, I'm kicking myself for not backing that. But just how ugly it is to lose 
to New Mexico State. And of course, the time I bet New Mexico State was against the worst team in the freaking FBS in UMass over the past three years. I think maybe Kent State's worse this year. They actually beat New Mexico State the very first game of the season. Oh, absolutely unreal. All right, time for college football week 12, misleading final scores and key injuries. Coastal Carolina outgained Army 384 to 365, yet lost 28 to 21. They won the turnover margin 2 to 1, but had bad special teams and red zone. Got the shots, including an injury again to Grayson McCall. Next, Purdue outgained Northwestern 443 to 329, yet lost 23 to 15. A 4 to 1 turnover ratio killed them. Uh, Wyoming only outgained Hawaii 472 to 345, yet won 42 to 9. A 2 to 1 turnover ratio and horrible red zone killed the Rainbow Warriors. Utah was only outgained by Arizona 443 to 438, yet lost 42 to 18. A 2 to 0 turnover ratio got the Utes. Texas State outgained Arkansas State 539 to 487. Much of it was garbage time, but there was a 4 to 0 turnover ratio that spun this thing way out of control. But you know, I mean, I still think Arkansas State wins this game pretty easily. USC outgained UCLA 387 to 354, yet lost 38 to 20. A 3 to 0 turnover ratio, including a scoop and score, killed the Trojans. And I guess Caleb Williams decided not to talk to the media afterwards. Man, oh, I'm just not so sure about him anymore. He's probably going to be the top guy. I still have him as my top guy, but man. I could be changed. Uh, Nebraska outgained Wisconsin 364 to 316, yet lost in overtime 24 to 17. A 1 to 0 turnover ratio in bad red zone roasted the corn. Uh, UCF outgained Texas Tech 487 to 446, yet lost 24 to 23. Man, I'm glad I hit that bet. That was tough at the end. Equal turnovers are at one, but bad special teams got the Knights, missed field goals, that kind of thing. Kansas. Outgained Kansas State 396 to 331, yet lost 31 to 27, a three to one turnover ratio, and a backup quarterback hurt Kansas. Oregon State outgained Washington 317 to 272, yet lost 22 to 20, a three to one turnover ratio did them in. All right, now for key injuries. Quarterback Jordan Travis, as I said before, from Florida State, out for the season with a leg injury, which is absolutely brutal. Quarterback Max Johnson from Texas A&M is day-to-day, but he left as well. Uh, quarterback Blake Shapin from Baylor injured his head. We're not sure about what's going on with him yet. Quarterback Ethan Crawford from Southern Miss came out with an elbow injury, uh, helped securing the cover for Mississippi State there. Quarterback uh, Cooper Lagasse from Utah State had a shoulder injury left, and quarterback Grayson McCall left the Army game with an injury and uh, Jacob Bean is also back hurt for Kansas, but I, I guess he's supposed to come back and play for next week. All right, college football week 13 betting spots. And just got to pull them up here. This is 
interesting because there's not a lot of letdown spots. I guess UCLA versus Cal after beating USC is kind of one. They were uh, a dog in that game by you know it went from seven down to four and a half by close. And really, any team who limped into six wins last week, who doesn't play a rival. I would say is a kind of a letdown spot. Now, Wisconsin just got six wins, but they're playing Minnesota, so it's not for them. But just kind of look if they got six wins and they just got it last week and they're not playing a rival. It is rivalry week coming up this weekend, though, so keep that in mind. Now, get-up spots. Oklahoma State better beat BYU to stay in the Big 12 championship game mix. Any team that's going to be threatened for that to lose – and not being the championship game, better get up. And that doesn't mean they're going to win, but it's a spot. And I'm also going to say any team with five wins that must become bowl eligible is a get-up spot. Now, if one of your five wins was against an FCS opponent, sometimes they take you anyway when they need one or two other teams. So keep that in mind that they're going to be motivated. But these teams are Nebraska, Syracuse, Florida, South Carolina, Utah State, California, uh, Old Dominion, UCF, Minnesota, Illinois, Virginia Tech, TCU, Louisiana, Colorado State, Rice, BYU, Mississippi State, Navy, Central Michigan, and Eastern Michigan. All right, I'm putting this article out on Wednesday, so if you didn't get that, you can always check that out before you make some of your bets. But I would just be a little careful to fade these teams unless the number is really good, and uh, you know maybe bet on them if you already kind of like them. Now for look ahead spots, some of these teams are already in their championship game, and some of them. Well, you know, um, it's more important for them to win their championship week rather than this week if it's not a rival. Here's a big one. New Mexico State looking past Jacksonville State to Liberty is huge. Now, Liberty shouldn't look past their opponent because they're undefeated and they want to stay undefeated. But for New Mexico State with already three losses, that's huge. Miami, Ohio looking past Ball State, they have two losses and they have Toledo on deck for championship week. So believe it or not, an ugly bet on Ball State might be more worth your look this week as well. Now, for NFL, Week 11, misleading final scores. The Vikings outgained the Broncos 385-295, yet lost 21-20. A 3-0 turnover ratio got the Queens. The Dolphins outgained the Raiders 411-296, yet only won 20-13. You know, they said score should have been bigger from those yards. An equal turnover ratio at three, but ugly game, poor red zone, bad special teams got the Finns, and the Commanders outgained the Giants. 403 to 292, yet lost 31 to 19. Some of that was garbage time, but a massive six to zero turnover ratio killed the commies. Now for NFL. Week 12, betting spots, and I just have one letdown spot. The Giants hosting the Patriots after beating the Commanders is one. And then I have some get-up spots. Seattle hosting the 49ers is big for them for the division. The Buccaneers at the Colts if they want a shot at the division, that's big. And the Chargers better get up versus the Ravens next week if they want to stay in playoff contention. Now for look-ahead spots, this is a weird one because... 
even though it's a division game, the Niners might look past Seattle to the Eagles, being that they lost to the Eagles in the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but just kind of think about that, you know. They had that bad luck against the Eagles. They have them on deck. They've been winning the last few games since their bye week. You know, it, they're probably going to win the division even if they lose that game. But uh, it, it it's just an interesting situation that the Eagles are on deck. All right. That brings up our college football free play for this weekend. And UNLV plus three and a half is what we gave out last week. And it worked out quite well. Let's go to another game. And we're going to go with North Texas hosting UAB. Now, the spread is three. And neither team is exciting to bet on. But North Texas at least has a pretty good offense. And they move the ball at a pretty good rate. They are at 6.55 yards per play. UAB's offense is 6.15, but UAB's defense and North Texas's defense is pretty close, ranking in the hundreds for uh, yards per play. The situation here is that North Texas, as bad as they are, their defense is still a little bit better, in my opinion, than uh, UAB's. I like how North Texas can run the ball at over five yards per rush, while UAB is at 4.33 you know that's huge and UAB gives up 5.2 yards per rush so I think that's going to be key I also like the fact that North Texas has played some of the tougher opponents better they only lost by eight to UTSA they lost by seven to Tulane while when UAB played UTSA they lost by 21 they lost by double digits 12 at Tulane themselves you know, so I just think that North Texas is the better team, and you're going to have a little bit of home field advantage here. I think this thing goes up to three and a half, but I'll give it out at three for 2.5 stars. Another warn me about getting into cars with strange men. This isn't a car. All right, my friends. Now it's time to get into a little fantasy football with our guy, D Nasty. All right, we are back, and it's an exciting game right now. With the Eagles and the Chiefs, we got D-Nasty Talk Some Fantasy. Dave, how's it going? Good. Ready for some Thanksgiving this week. Uh, a little turkey this week. A little turkey and football. You can't go wrong with that. That's always my favorite time of the year. Uh, sitting on the couch watch some football and eat some turkey, man. I love it. Me too, man. Me too. And now this uh, Chiefs oh, game is... Turkey, man. I love it. This Chiefs game is me getting... Me too, man. Me too. And now this uh, Hold Chiefs on a second. Is... There's a little bit of an echo here. Let me fix that. Um, here we are. So, yeah, the, I mean, now there's a holding penalty. Uh-oh. This is getting dicey, and I'm up by, like, 0.4 points, and he's got Mahomes, and I got Swift, so it's not looking good with this holding penalty, Dave. Yeah, it's not looking good for you. I hate to say it. I need Eagles to get the ball back and throw a couple passes to Devontae Smith so I can win in one of my leagues. But, yes, uh, good games on Thanksgiving this year. Bill's the Packers Detroit Lions is going to be a great game. I uh, can't wait to watch that game, and hopefully the Packers can pull one out there. Well, Niners Niners Seahawks is one of them. That's a big one. And um, 
then you know there's some pretty big favorites actually uh this week it's it's almost like kind of weird you have an 11 point favorite with the cowboys over the washington there's no bills this week that was last year and then you have detroit minus seven and a half against your packers Ugh, that's uh, a nasty spread that's the exact spread the bears had last week what's going on with that the packers as bad as the bears is that what happened <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh man, but you know, it's uh the Niners are only six and a half at the Sequax, so it looks like Gino's probably gonna play that game and uh, uh maybe make it somewhat interesting. I'm excited to see it, but we'll see. Um then you got the Dolphins and the Jets on Friday, the first uh Black Friday game of the week. And so get your fancy lineups in like Wednesday night because this stuff's rolling, ain't it, Dave? Oh, exactly. And, and if you go out for Wednesday night and do that celebratory drinks before Thanksgiving, you definitely want to get your lineups in, which I will be doing because I'm going to go out and have a few drinks. And I probably will forget to set my lineup. So definitely send them Wednesday before I go out. Yeah, 100%. All right. Well, the Chiefs are, are or the Eagles are punting and Swift just caught a pass, but um, not going to really move the needle here. So it's uh, not looking good unless uh, somehow the Chiefs go four and out, and that's never going to happen for one of my leagues. But either way, uh, no bye weeks this week, is there? There is no bye weeks this week, which is pretty surprising, which is kind of nice, though. Uh, there will be a couple more bye weeks coming up, but uh, no buys this week, actually. So we got a full slate of games this week. All right, plenty to choose from. Let's get into our key injuries then, and obviously the biggest and the saddest one of the week, starting from uh, Thursday Night Football, Dave, Joe Burrow, man. Hurts his hand, uh, wrist actually, and is out for the season. Torn ligament in his wrist. And I think it was probably hurt before that, but I think it just got worse from that fall, Dave. That was. Uh, well, it was uh, controversial because they, he did, they did have a video of him coming into the game with a wrist, like a wrist splint kind of like brace on. And the, and the cameras caught it, but then they quickly deleted it. So it is interesting that he wasn't on the injury report. Oh, and then and then and then, and then he called the compression like the sleeve, and it's like seriously, dude, really? That was no compression sleeve. You could see the picture of it. It definitely was not. But but anyways, it's too bad. I, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan, so definitely sad to see him go, get, get me hurt too. And go down. Well, the, if you're a Mark Andrews fan, same same game, man. Uh, he broke something in his foot, so um he's out as well he's a big player of the ravens and that's a nasty one as well just from that thursday night game you lost two key fantasy guys one of the top tight ends and one of the top quarterbacks so that was brutal um running back kenneth walker uh he had an oblique injury so uh you know he's a little bit suspect here uh he might play coming on thursday we'll see um, Deontay Foreman from the Bears injured his back. He's going to be day-to-day and possibly miss a week. Uh, Aaron Jones has a knee injury, but they said it's, they escaped something major, unless you know more about Aaron Jones. Uh, I haven't heard anything more on him, no. But actually, Deontay Foreman I had as an ankle injury. Okay, ankle injury. So still a uh, little bit worried about that. And uh, Cooper Cup, uh, he's he's got an ankle injury as well. So he's going to be questionable for coming up for his next game for the Rams against the Cardinals running back Devon Achen hurt his knee again but he possibly can come back I guess it wasn't as bad as what it was before but it was the same knee that he injured and I have Geno Smith he came back into the game with hurt triceps but you never know what's going to happen you know once the adrenaline stops Dave yeah definitely and then Sam Howell had a concussion but he did return uh, so just keep an eye on that with him. Zach Wilson was benched. Uh, Tim Boyle will start this week. 
Uh, so definitely get Zach Wilson out of your lineups if you were starting him. Hopefully you were not. Uh, wide receiver Darius Slayton, who had a, it's finally one of his best games this year, uh, injured his arm, and he was ruled out for the rest of the game. So that's a major blow to them. Uh, Joey Bosa, for IDP people out there, uh, foot, it looked like a pretty nasty injury. He was in a lot of pain during the Packer game. Uh, he was he was marked out. Uh, Devondre Campbell, another big IDP guy with a stinger, he left the game. Uh, and then Kazir White, who's actually been having a big big game year for the Cardinals, uh, left with an elbow injury as well. So just a couple key IDP guys there as well. Yeah, that is uh, pretty serious. There's a lot of defensive injuries for IDP. So, yeah, it is uh, certainly concerning in that front. Um, why don't you get into our waiver wire, Dave? Who are we picking up? All right, great. Well, the first one's going to be, of course, A.J. Dillon. Uh, with him and with Jones going down and Emmanuel Wilson, their other backup running back, A.J. Dillon was the only running back playing in this game uh, that was healthy. So A.J. Dillon is going to be, by default, uh, the biggest pickup of the week, one of the biggest pickups of the Isn't week. Isn't he owned by uh, a lot of people, though? Uh, he's a backup, though, so I don't think he is owned that. He's less than 50% owned in most leagues, it says here. So uh, definitely, you want to definitely take a look at picking him up. Uh, Zach Carbonet for the Vikings Seahawks, uh, for the Hawks, he's going to be another big pickup this week. Him and A.J. Dillon are going to be your two biggest pickups of the week. Uh, actually, he had a decent game, too. Uh, after Kenny Walker left, he had 15 rushes for 47 yards and six receptions for 22 receiving yards. So he's definitely be the bell cow if Walker is out this week. And with those oblique injuries, those can be kind of tricky. With those. That could be a multiple-week absence for him. Or he could return this week. You never know, but... Uh, I'm leaning towards like when, when Major League Baseball players have it, usually it's at least a couple weeks, so if not more. So uh, we'll wait and see on that. But definitely, uh, Zach's going to be the guy you want to grab from the Seahawks and A.J. Dillon from the Packers. Uh, both are under 50% owned and not being started right now. So definitely pick up both of those guys. Uh, Roscoe Johnson for the Foreman injury. Uh, Khalil Herbert was back. Uh, he had 35 yards on 16 carries, which is not very efficient. Uh, so Roscoe Johnson will get some carries as well this week if Foreman is out this week. So you definitely want to pick him up. Uh, another Packer that had a great week and who has actually been coming out in the last couple of weeks, Jaden Reed for the Packers. Uh, he had a nice fantasy week this past week. Uh, he, had, he had a touchdown or 80 yards receiving in four of the five last four of the five of his last games. Uh, he had three rushing attempts and he turned that into 46 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and he's had a 14% target rate since the bye. So uh, definitely trying to get him the ball. Uh, you can see they do have some plays set up for him now too as well. So uh, definitely a guy you want to be targeting for uh, this week if you have any injuries that crept into your lineup. Uh, another guy is Zaya Likely. He's the guy you want to pick up to replace Mark Andrews. Uh, last year when Mark Andrews was hurt, he was a beast. Uh, he had quite a few good games last year when Andrews was out. Uh, he only had a couple targets this past week and didn't convert on either one of them. Uh, but I do look for him to have big games going forward uh, with Andrews out. Yeah, he's likely going to be the top pick. Of <laughs> <Yes>. the <week. laughs> oh, that was bad. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with all those. I have those down. Uh, I added Jaden Reed, so thank you for that. Uh, Jake Browning for the Burrow injury. It's not like something you want to do, but you know there might be a time where he can get it to Jamar Chase, and if T. Higgins comes back soon, you know, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, and, and actually Drew Locke too as well. If Geno Smith doesn't play, you definitely want to have your handcuff for Geno Smith. So Drew Locke is another guy, and Tim Boyle. 
So those are two other quarterbacks I didn't really talk about, but you want to definitely pick up Drew Locke and definitely Tim Boyle. If he has a good start, uh, he could get the starting gig going Tim forward. Tim Boyle. It's desperate to pick up Tim Boyle, man. What about what about the tie? What about the ties? Ty Chandler and Ty Johnson. Ty Ty Chandler might take more carries now for Alexander Madison because Madison had that nasty fumble in the game, and man, they fumbled that he game. Away. One of his best outputs of the year, though. He had yeah. uh, eighty one yards, and he had the majority of the carries too. Still, so he was still the bell cow uh, in that game, he, or he was the primary ball carrier, I should say, not the bell cow. Uh, but the primary ball carrier. So I don't think he lost his job, but actually in one of his best games other than the fumble. Uh, but definitely the fumble does play into that as well. Yeah, totally. And then uh, Ty Johnson was big for Buffalo last week, caught a touchdown and everything. He's getting more playing time, so that's interesting. Uh, Odell Beckham gets a bump with Mark Andrews out a little bit too, I said. And uh, So I, I, I like Odell Beckham. Ooh, man. <laughs> Just missed a big pass. Uh, wow, that was intense. Oh. Dropped it. Mahomes dropped. Yeah, that was he was wide open there. That was that was for the win. The win possibly. Ooh, that was third and ten. Uh, Rondell Moore actually did pretty well for the Cardinals. And now that you got a better quarterback, maybe throwing and Kyler Murray. I don't know how much better Kyler Murray is at throwing it than Dobbs. He is somewhat better. He knows the offense, I guess, more. I would expect. But, I definitely think Kyle Murray's a definitely a better passer, but Job, Dobbs is probably actually a better rusher and, and more better scrambler, I think, than Murray. That's weird because you, you always think of Murray as a scrambler, right? So that's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure about that. I just think that Rondell Moore should be owned a little bit more than 28% in some of these leagues. Uh, Tommy DeVito, I mean, to be honest with you, he, he's throwing some touchdowns every day. He's got like more touchdowns than uh, the, the, the starting quarterbacks for, uh, you know, the uh, uh Giants. yeah, for the Giants. Thank you. Sorry, I was uh, this, there's Tyro Taylor and Daniel Jones. He's got more than both of them, actually. Yep, yep, exactly. So I found that interesting, and uh, wow, it's just uh, it, it's interesting how they beat the crap out of the. Washington Commanders. It was just so ugly. Uh, just the ugliest game of the week, but it was there. Um, that was a shocker. Yeah, I couldn't believe that they pulled that up. But Vito did look good. He's got the Jersey juice, baby. <laughs> there you go. Um, and that's who I have. So a lot of the same ones you have, though, for sure. Charbonnet, for Walker, and all that. Um, non-starters trending up for Week 12. Miami's defense against the Jets. I, I know you said pick up Boyle, but I would rather fade the hell out of it. And if there's Miami's defense available, you should be starting them. I know they've had some bad games, but I like Miami's defense. Uh, quarterback Gardner Minshew should be able to throw against Tampa. You can't run against Tampa, but you can throw against Tampa. So that's interesting. Uh, running back Najee Harris versus the Bengals defense is on this week. Uh, you might have benched him because they were so bad lately, but you know maybe this would be a great great time to start him wide receiver Brandon Cooks versus Washington is a hot commodity I think you know the rest of the Cowboys you know might be resting a little bit too and they'll just throw it to Cooks they'll, they'll beat up the Washington and you know you know how Dallas is they're a bully and everyone gets fantasy points oh yeah uh, Josh Dobbs versus the Bears probably got to play him Bears defense still bad against the pass and choke 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 the games away like they did last week uh, <laughs> don't even get me started man Po oh, that's Brandon, that's never happened positive three turnover margin up 12 that's never happened uh 
KJ Osborne versus the Bears is also hot. It'd be nice if Jefferson's coming back, but a lot of people think they're going to wait till after the bye next week. So I wish Jefferson Which makes would- sense. You definitely want to get him healthy. He's your star player, so you don't want to definitely rush him back. And he said he was going to come back until he's 100% healthy either. So it just makes sense. It makes sense. It's just a bummer. Running back Devery Henderson versus the Cardinals has a nice matchup this week. I like that. Baker Mayfield. Never Royce Freeman, though. Because Royce Freeman got a majority of the carries this past week, so yeah, something to keep an eye on. That was weird, too, yeah. But Devery played. Maybe he was banged up. I don't know. Um, They're kind of doing a little bit of a timeshare. Baker Mayfield. Um yeah, he's I think he's got a good matchup against the Colts, so you gotta you gotta like that. Oh, Chiefs just uh threw another incomplete pass. Wow. Um looks like the Eagles are gonna take this game. Interesting. Uh quarterback Tommy DeVito versus the Patriots could do okay if you're desperate. I'm not saying start him over any of the top 15 guys. But you know, a lot of times the, uh, I mean, if you drafted Aaron Rodgers and Anthony Richardson, right? And and like you had that bad luck, and all of a sudden now you got more bad luck this week from uh, Deshaun Watson. You know, maybe you had him. You're going to have to just kind of pick your poison. I'm in a league where I had a couple of those guys, and I'm just kind of switching them off every week, and it sucks. But that's just life of fantasy football sometimes. And then uh, running back Ty Chandler versus the Bears uh, is going to be good, I think, too. And uh, he'll get more carries than you think. Who are your trending up, Dave? I like Elijah Mitchell against Seattle. I think uh, Frisco could be up big in that game, especially if Geno Smith doesn't play. So I like Elijah Mitchell to get some carries in that game and possibly have a great game. And I do like the Brandon Cooks one. Uh, I do like Jordan Love this week. He had his first 300-yard game. Uh, Detroit's defense has been giving up quite a few points at these last couple weeks. Uh, they don't really have that good of a pass defense. So uh, Aiden Hutchinson kind of has been in a slump the last couple weeks for sack-wise. He hasn't really gotten any sacks lately. So uh, I like Jordan Love this week. And I do like Jaden Reed, too. He's actually coming on, too. I like both those guys this week. Uh, I do like uh, Derek Carr if he is back this week against Atlanta's defense. Uh, that's a nice matchup there. Uh, I do like Najee Harris, too, especially with Kenny Pickett struggling the last couple weeks. I like that matchup. I like Will Levis against Carolina's D. Uh, Carolina's just a mess right now. Uh, and they, I think they have the next Ryan Leaf or Zach Wilson and Bryce Young, possibly. Uh, but time will tell on that, though, still. But uh, they're definitely kicking themselves for not taking Strud still I'm there, though. But we'll see what happens with that. But I do like Tennessee this week against them. DeAndre Hopkins and Will Levis. I like their, that matchup against Carolina. Uh, like you said, I like Baker Mayfield against the Colts. Uh, I do like that matchup. Uh, I do like Gardner Minshew, too, against the Tampa Bay D. Uh, like you said, they, they do give up some, quite a few passing yards, but they are tough against the run. I like Danny DeVito. I like I mean, Tommy DeVito, not Danny DeVito, but I do like DeVito, the Jersey Juice against the New England Patriots this week. I like that matchup for them. Uh, I do like Cleveland against Denver. Uh, Dorian Thompson, I like him against Denver. Denver's been playing better defense lately, but they, they still are prone to give up quite a few points. So I think Thompson could have his first breakout game as a rookie this year uh, against them. I do like Matt Stafford against the Arizona Cardinals. That's a nice matchup for him this week. Uh, we'll definitely – Tutu Atwell maybe possibly as well uh, with Cup being injured. Uh, there might be a guy you want to look at on waivers as well if Cup is out, if he does not play, because Puka is, is still banged up a little bit there too. Uh, so we'll see about that. Uh, I do like Gus Edwards. He's been on a roll, of just scoring touchdowns, touchdown after touchdown the last couple weeks. I like him uh, definitely against that Los Angeles Chargers defense. 
Uh, their defense has been struggling, as you can tell, with the Packers beat them, uh, definitely. Uh, I do like, like you said, uh, quite a few different Minnesota got people against the Bears' poorest defense. I like Joshua Dobbs, and I do like Osborne. I like that pick, too, like you said. And Hawkinson should have a field day against Chicago as well. But he's, he's being started already. But definitely Joshua Dobbs and uh, Osborne. I would definitely I, I definitely like those picks. For sure. And Addison, yeah, definitely starting. All right, good stuff. Well, let's move into your bus, Dave. Who are your bus? All right, one of my busts is going to be anyone on Washington's D. Uh, Dallas's D just looks dominant right now. DeAndre, DeRon Bland with his fourth touchdown of the season. It's probably more than some receivers and running backs have right now than the whole entire year. Uh, but Dallas D is pretty dominant. Not starting anyone on Washington right now. I'm downgrading Howell of both receivers. Brian Robinson. I don't like any of those guys. Can Howell do guys. this twice in a row though? It's like, yeah, it's just such a bad game. And then are you going to do it again? Probably. I don't know. It's against Dallas. I don't know. Like, he's actually bounced back pretty well when he's had a bad game this year. He's been well, a little consistent, but, as a dog, they've done well. I mean, they played the Eagles really good both games, right? It's just weird. Know. You know, they should have beat the Eagles that second time. Then they just choked it away, though. That's how they do. They choke. Um, yeah, I agree with you, though. I'm not. I'm not I, I have Brian Robinson as that too. So keep going. All right, uh, and then another one I don't like. I don't like the Seattle against San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco D has been pretty dominant since they've gotten Chase Young and came off the bye. Uh, Brock Purdy's rolling right now too, as well. Uh, definitely downgrading. Uh, Seattle, especially if, if Gino does play, I don't like him this week. That's a that tough matchup for him. Uh, and I don't like DK Metcalf or Lockett against that tough San Francisco D either. Definitely downgrading them. Uh, downgrading the, the Miami running backs this week. I know Monster is your boy. Uh, and Sean, too, as well. Uh, I like both of those running backs, but not this week against the Jets. Jets have a good D. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to score some points this week and make it a game on Black Friday. Uh, it's only be the game to watch on Friday, so hopefully it's a good game. Uh, we'll see about that, though. Uh, and then I'm downgrading C.J. Stroud actually this week against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's got a better defense than most people think. Uh, I don't like that matchup for him this week. Uh, he showed his true colors last week and threw some interceptions finally. Uh, I think he struggles again this week possibly. Uh, Denver, I'm definitely downgrading them. Cleveland's D is just legit. They're definitely a top three defense probably right now. It's pretty surprising coming in this year, and I think they're, that defense is not going to be that good, but they are. They're, they're, they're the real deal. Uh, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton. Uh, Javante Williams downgrading all of them against that tough Cleveland D. Uh, they were giving like I think some of the least points that allowed in the league. So uh, definitely downgrading them. Kansas City's defense too. Actually, I like them, uh, especially after losing tonight. They're going to have something to prove against Vegas. Spreading the starting a rookie quarterback too. I don't like that matchup for them. Uh, and then that's about it. Actually, and I'd say actually Buffalo. I'm downgrading them slightly against Philadelphia. Philadelphia has a pretty good D as well. Uh, Josh Allen has struggled the last couple of weeks with turnovers or his whole year with turnovers. So I can see him not having that great of a game and having quite a few turnovers. So I'm downgrading him possibly a little bit as well. 100%, my friend. Um, you know, I have a lot of those too, especially the people playing Cleveland. I have, you know, Russell Wilson, David Njoku, Javante Williams. I don't like any of those. Williams, you might have to start, but it's not going to be pretty. I mean, maybe there's a 10 team league where you have something better. Brian Robinson versus Cowboys D for sure. Justin Herbert versus the Ravens. I don't like that. Uh, Ravens are just so good. Yeah, that's a good one. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, actually struggles in the bigger games, it seems like, too. So I definitely agree with you on that one. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily downgrade Eckler, but man, I would. I mean, you downgrade him, but you wouldn't take him out. But man, Herbert for sure. And they're just hurting right now for receivers. And now Joey Bosa is out. It could be just a mess spinning away. I'm going to say Aiden O'Connell versus the Chiefs D. The Chiefs D is still very good. You know, it yeah. was a hard fought game. That. And uh, Aiden O'Connell, yeah, I just. I just think he's going to bust this week bad. Uh, running back Zach Charbonnet, even though he might be starting this week, you got to downgrade him versus the 49ers D this week. I don't like his matchup either, and anybody on Seattle is uh, really suspect right now to start. So that's my bust, Dave. But now let's move into our nasty sleeper. Whew, I'm going to let you go first. I'm gonna, then I'm going to come up with I, I think I have one I'm going to use. Go ahead. All right. I'd say, but uh, he's, this guy's been rolling. He could be the comeback player of the year. I'm going with Joshua Dobbs against the Chicago Bears. Uh, great matchup for them. Another one uh, against Dobbs the Bears. Jeez. I know. I hate to do it, but that's the guy I like. Dobbs has been balling, man, lately. He's been doing it against good teams, too, the last couple of weeks. They should have won this past week, but they had a heartbreaker. But, hey, uh, that's who I'm going with this week. I like Joshua Dobbs. as my d sleeper to help you win this week. All right. I'm going to go Jerome Ford against... The Denver Broncos. I still don't believe in Denver, and if it, they should have lost that game against the Vikings, three to zero turnover ratio, and the Vikings were just completely in that game. Still, Denver is just getting by with smoke and mirrors right now. I just think they're BS. And Ford and Cream Hunt, I think, are going to have both great games. I, I, the, I'm, I have to just pick one, and I've had Cream Hunt before, so I'm just going to pick Ford for my nasty sleeper, Dave. And I like that one because Ford actually got a lot majority of the carries this past week. He got twice as many carries as Hunt, so. Yeah. I like the Ford pick, actually. Like you said, I, I don't, I'm not a true believer in Denver just yet either, but uh, Russell Wilson's trying to get a little bit of that magic back, but we'll see, definitely. Great stuff. All right, do we miss anything? No, I think that's it. Everyone have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the football games, and enjoy the time with the family. That's right. Have a delicious Thanksgiving. Hope you uh, get to eat a ton of food, and uh, we'll be back before that, though, on Wednesday, actually. So the podcast will be coming out on Wednesday afternoon right when we're done recording it with the bear, Chris Malika. Everyone have a great rest of your week, and go get some winners.